Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a volunteer in your local church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. Our topic today, ministering to women in the church and in the community, and our guest, Heather Dawn Small. Heather Dawn, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. I'm, and I'm you glad to be here. And you have such a passion for not only ministering to women in the church and community, but helping women to be involved in that kind of ministry. Where did you uh, develop that passion for ministering to women? I think it started many years ago as a pastor's wife when I looked at the women in the church and realized that there were needs that they had that my husband as the pastor and, and also the elders who were all men could not meet. And so I began doing my little part to try and help them deal with issues that were um, specifically geared towards women. And that, you know, like I said, my husband just couldn't meet those needs. And here you are now, the, the global women's ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist mm -hmm. Church. Were you something of a pioneer back then? I mean, were you breaking new ground or were there people uh, around the country sensing that need? Well, I think that's something that many of us as pastor's wives were doing. We didn't really see it as being groundbreaking per se. We didn't call it any ministry name. We didn't meet on any particular day. It's just that we went out of our way or we focused specifically on women and their needs, whether it was by prayer groups, Bible study groups, or one-on-one -on -one counseling with women. And certainly both in the church and in the community, women are at least half of the population. Yes, that's right. And in many places, more than half. <laughs> so talk to me about some personal experiences you had uh, that were really kind of impacting for you as you, in being involved in ministry to women. And you said, well, wow, this is really a privilege mm -hmm. and also a responsibility. I remember one of my first experiences when I came to work at the General Conference in 2001. I went to South Africa in 2002. And this, I think, was one of my life-changing experiences when it came to the fact that when we minister to women, it's not only spiritually, but we need to look at all their needs. Mm -hmm. And that was a young mother who came to me after one of our congresses. She had a little baby who I just love to see parents with their babies. And I was holding the little baby while she was talking to me. And her story was that um, she had contracted HIV-AIDS from the husband. He had passed, and now she was also very short time. And she said to me, would you take my baby? Mm. And I looked at her, and I said, what? She said, I need a home for my baby. I need to die knowing that my baby has a home. Mm. And I think you would be a wonderful person. Well, of course, I love babies. I would have loved to take this little baby back with me to the United States, but of course I couldn't. And um, we finally got our women's ministries leader who found a social worker and a nurse, and, and we all came together to see how we could help. And they told me some months later that she had passed, but they had found a home for the baby. Mm. That struck me very deeply because I realized that while I was up there preaching and teaching to my sisters in the area of spiritual needs, this woman had a need that went beyond that. Mm. And, Physical and emotional yes, needs. And I realized, are there other women like that mm. in the congregation who we're not ministering to mm. because we're only focusing on one area? And so as a result of that and some other experiences that God allowed me to have, we began to expand what we were doing in women's ministries. And it wasn't something new to us in the sense that 
it's part of our six challenge issues, and one of them is poverty and women's health and so on. But it's not an area that we were emphasizing as much as a spiritual aspect. Now, stepping from uh, women's ministries in the context of the local church as a pastor's spouse mm -hmm. to, to global responsibility, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see as you, as you look at the global picture? Wow. And we're talking to ministering to women both in the church and in the community. Well, you know, I think the biggest thing when you look at the global picture is that it's just so many more women. Yes. When I was at the past, at the church level, when I went to the um, to the union level, it was a little bigger, but when you come to the global level, it's like, you know, swimming in a pool with no sides. Right. And you realize the vastness of right. the problem. Right. And it can be very overwhelming. And I have to say that the one thing that, that helped me when I began to panic, because I did begin to panic at one time, when I looked at all these women globally with the needs, not only in the church, but in the community, and asked myself, what on earth can we do? This problem is just too large. Mm. And what God shared with me was, don't look at the size of the problem, just look at what you can do. Each woman can do where she is. And so that's what we started to emphasize. And after the break, we're going to talk a little more about how you can um, empower women, mm -hmm. uh, motivate them. That's right. Because maybe, maybe women also feel helpless, yes. overwhelmed. Yes, um, that's very true. Well, let's, uh, we're talking about ministering within the church. Let's start there. Um, what are some of the needs within the Christian community? Maybe some people think, well, the women in the church, they're all perfectly together and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> We've discovered that the needs of the women in the community are the same needs which we have in the church. When we look at problems like what we call challenges, women's health, abuse, poverty, lack of education, um, women's workloads. Those are things that apply to women. It doesn't matter whether they're in the church or in the community. It doesn't matter if it's a developed country or a developing country. These are problems that go across the board. And that was kind of stunning to me. Um, and I had to come to the, to the realization that the church is a reflection of what's happening in the community. Mm. We like to think it's not, but it certainly is. It's just that we cover it up better in the church, in the community, it's out there, it's in the newspapers, it's on the news. Mm. But it's happening in the church, but we tend to cover it over. And it's only when we begin to dig, when women's ministries began working with women one-on-one, -on -one, women in small groups, that all these problems began surfacing. We cover it up because we're told that things are supposed to be perfect in the church? We cover it up because we are concerned with how people see us spiritually. Mm, that somehow that may be a sign that we're <clears throat> failing? That's right. Uh, that or got... that we're not spiritual enough or that there's something which we're not doing right. And so many women just kind of try to keep it under, kind of under wraps. Uh, and then when we begin to talk about it and we begin to show, no, this is necessarily a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem in the sense that it's a sin problem. Right. But it's not that you have caused this. Well, right after the break, we're going to talk about how you can be involved, how to motivate people to be involved in ministering to women, both in the church and the community. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, ministering to women in the church and in the community. Our guest, Heather Dawn Small. Heather Dawn, you said when you became the global 
women's ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there was a, a, maybe a temptation to just feel totally overwhelmed by yeah. the size of the, the, the need. And uh, you were impressed to focus on something, do something. Yes. Let's talk about how you can, because I know this is important to you, multiply your efforts. So it's not just Heather Dawn just doing as much as she can, but how do you motivate other women to see their role ministering to women in the church and the community? I think one of the first things that we had to do was to actually minister to the individual women themselves. In the church? In the church. Mm -hmm. And so one of our areas of emphasis is nurture. So we have three areas, nurture and then empower and then outreach. Nurturing deals with the spiritual nurturing, my, my relationship with God, but it also deals with my personal life, my emotional life, my, my physical life. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that as we began to nurture to women's needs by finding out first what were those needs mm -hmm. and then helping them with those needs, they began to realize, but wait, there's this lady in my community who's dealing with the same issue. Mm -hmm. So maybe I could get her involved in this sure. area also. Sure. And that's one of the ways that helped us to multiply. The other thing that we had to do though was to educate because when you're dealing with some of these issues, people have no idea what these issues are. Mm. And so when we began to deal with the issue of mental health, we had to start educating our ladies. What is this issue of mental health? And so we have a new resource called Thinking Well, Living Well, because we look at issues like forgiveness or unforgiveness mm -hmm. and depression and anxiety. And so as we educate, people begin to talk about it. So that's another aspect. You know, I want to come back to, to the nurturing them or caring mm -hmm. for them. You mentioned that the needs in the community are also in the church. That's right. So I, I just want to restate what I heard you saying, that by allowing the people, the women in the church to experience the blessing of being ministered to, really gives them kind of a first-hand experience, doesn't it? It does. Of what it can do. It does. And then you said they start thinking, here's my friend, my work associate, That's maybe right. my sister or my daughter or my, my mother. Yeah. who needs ministry too. And that to us was so important because it's something like a discipleship ministry where people come to church every week and they hear a good sermon and they go back home, but nobody has ministered to their needs. Mm -hmm. Once we got into those small group ministries and we began discipling each other in the sense of listening to what your needs are, praying for you, encouraging you, you doing the same for me, then it wasn't just coming to church to hear a sermon. Right. It was coming to church so that I could be nurtured. Yeah, I'm thinking of the early Christians where it says they devoted themselves to koinonia. That's right. Which is the fellowship. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're building that among yes. the women in the church, not, not wanting to exclude men, uh, <laughs> they need fellowship too, but yes. you're saying this is particularly women ministering to other women. And we've got to understand that simply because, and I know one of the problems that we've had over the years is, well, why are you separating the women? <laughs> but we're all ready to agree that men and women are different. Well, if we're different, we have a different, I mean, not just physically, but emotionally, let's say, mm -hmm. um, then how do you put them all in one group and minister to their needs? And we discovered that women had needs that men just 
couldn't understand. I mean, there are things about me that my husband, after 35 years, doesn't understand. <laughs> and I don't think he ever will because he doesn't live in a female body. So he can't he can't connect with it. I could explain all I want. So and he, he loves, loves you oh, and supports oh, yes. you, but he doesn't but understand he does, it all. he doesn't <laughs> get it. So I've got to get someone else who's got those hormones that I've got working within me. Um, and so what we found was that as we sat in our small groups, whether we were dealing with women who were divorced, women who were widowed women, women whose husbands weren't in the church, there was something that pulled us together. Mm -hmm. There was a need which we had that we could help each other with. And, and as they uh, experienced this healing themselves and sense the need to reach out and help right. others, is there a place for some specific training? You talked about uh, nurture. Empower. Uh, and then empower, is empower. that education part of that? That is part of it because we want to help our sisters understand what's taking place in their community, in their country, what the issues are and also to help them identify those issues. So for example, in some countries or in some parts of a country, they decided let's focus on poverty because poverty is an issue for us. It's an issue in the church, it's an issue in the community. What can we do to help ourselves and to help our sisters? And so in parts of Africa, for example, they would start up a widow's club where the widows would get together in, in the church to begin to, um, to find projects which they could do to help themselves out financially. Mm. And then we would also, f um, you know, fundraise here in the States and send them some funds. But as they did that, and funds began coming in, then they said, well, look, we've got this sister here and this sister here. They're not in the church, but they've got the same need we have. Let's bring them into the club. Mm. And what we saw happening was widows actually began helping each other educate their children. Mm. So that while some were working on the making coal project, some were looking after the little ones, some were responsible for taking the others to school and bringing them home. And whoever was the first and had to go on to, let's say, high school, they would put their money together and say, we're putting it in this child. And so they would do that for one child after the other. You know, it sounds like church, but a different kind of church yes. than just being in, in the church building one mm -hmm. hour a week. That's right. You're taking the love of God and the community or the fellowship outside of the building and, and it's happening in very practical ways yes. throughout the whole week. Yes, and you know, we have to realize, and I think we're coming to that realization now in the church, and, it, and you know, there's a lot of emphasis now from leadership levels all the way down. It's not just telling people about Jesus. Mm. It's showing people what Jesus was like. Mm. And that means that I can't just come to your home with a Bible study. I've also got to be aware of what's happening in your life. Mm. And that's why I say to the pastors, when you go visiting, take a woman with you, take, take your wife with you. And if she can't go, take some other women from the church because the pastor goes to do spiritual nurture. But the women come along and we see things that men don't see. We sure. sense things that men don't sense. Mm -hmm. And when we leave, I could say to my husband, listen, that family's having a problem. You know, it looks like if they don't have very much food I mean, in the house, because maybe, maybe I went into the kitchen with the wife and I saw certain things mm. that he would have never seen. You know, it all sounds so good. But after the break, we're going to talk about some resistance and how to overcome that so that we can minister to women in the church and in the community. We'll be right back after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, ministering to women in the church and in the community. And our guest, Heather Dawn Small. Heather Dawn, it sounds like there's lots of needs and uh, you're excited as you're seeing women not only be nurtured, but, but want to be involved in reaching out, meeting right. those needs. Uh, <clears throat> is there any resistance to that in the church and oh, yes. or in the community? <laughs> uh, I think the place where we get the most resistance is in the church. And I think the resistance is twofold. Part of it is because people really don't understand what the issues are, what the needs are. And so there's a fear involved there that um, because I don't understand, um, then maybe you guys are making too much of a thing about this. Or maybe I do understand because it's happening in my home, but I don't want to be judged by anyone. Mm. I don't want my spirituality to be judged. So let's just not talk about it. So, so there has to be a, a supportive, loving climate Definitely. in order to be, we're being vulnerable, aren't we? That's right. Because we're not only saying there are problems, but maybe I have problems and, and we want to meet those and then reach out to meet the needs of others. But you're seeing it happen. So oh, yes. I want to give you a chance <laughs> in this last segment to share some exciting uh, sightings of, of ministering to women in the church community and some, some optimism that you're feeling about the future. Well, you know, I'm feeling very optimistic. Um, there was a time, as you said earlier, that I was feeling very overwhelmed, and that was back in 2005. But I have to tell you, in the past 10 years, the the change which we have seen in the church, the change we have seen in our sisters from being inward looking to outward looking, from being willing to stand up in front of the church and talk about some of these issues to actually to actually educating ourselves. And so we have women in so many different parts of the world who are doing things. For example, in the area of poverty, I think of places like India, South America, Central America, where women are being trained to do something that they can then take and sell, that they can use to help their families. Literacy issues, Africa, India, um, where we are teaching our women how to read so that they can improve their lifestyle. Mm. Um, um, problems with health problems. We are taking the time to, to teach our women. Years ago when the issue of HIV AIDS was very big, I remember one of the things that we were asked for is we need a teaching tool that we can use in the villages. And so we created a teaching tool. It was a lap chart with health ministries um, for the women to use in their villages in Africa. Mm. And they were happy to be able to do this. And so we saw groups being organized in villages, people mm. being educated wow. from the spiritual aspect as well as from the physical aspect. Mm. Um, and then we're also seeing what we call um, economically empowering projects mm -hmm. where women who n have no skills, can't read, have never been to school, but yet we're taking them and teaching them. So in countries like Vietnam, in countries like Thailand, where women are being taught a new skill or given something like two goats, which they can use those two goats, sell the milk, make cheese, make money from those two goats, get baby goats and keep <laughs> the investment growing. Beautiful. And, and that makes a huge difference mm. in, um, you know, in someone's life. I remember some years ago, I, I went through India with a group and we were looking at these literacy projects. Mm -hmm. uh, Hepsi Core was yes, one of the right. uh, women who was helping oversee that. It was so uh, moving to me to go into a community and see the church open every day of the week 
and to have Hindu women and Muslim women and, and some Christian women, uh, many of whom could not read. That's right. They couldn't tell if they had the exact change given to them if they took a bus. Couldn't write their name. Couldn't write their name. It, it was totally transforming for it's, them. It changes their that lives. That word empowerment. Yes, it does, because it gives them a confidence which they didn't have before. Because the one thing which we understand is, because I don't know, doesn't mean I don't know that everybody else doesn't know. Hmm. So there is a feeling of less than, because I can't write my name. Everybody knows I can't can't do that. And so I feel, I feel less than. When I learn that, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm not that bad after all. I'm, I'm improving, I'm growing. And so we combine that with the spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's not just one or the other. It's not all of one and none of it the other. It sounds like Jesus' it's a method, combination. right? Of That's what we the do in women's need. ministries. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. So let's say there's a young woman watching our program today because this is not just uh, for pastors. She may be a homemaker. Mm -hmm. She may be a teacher or a banker. Uh, there may be an older woman watching and, and, and she's inspired by what she's hearing, but there's not much happening in her community. Where would you suggest that she start? I suggest that she starts on her knees okay. by asking God, where would you have me work? What would you have me do? And by letting God know that she's available to be used by him. Mm. Because I have found that once we make ourselves available, God will point us in the right direction. It could be to a homeless shelter there in our community. It could be to a hospital, a senior citizen center. There's so many areas in our community that can use our help mm. and assistance, but I've got to be willing first. And once God knows that, he takes it the rest of the way. You know, it reminds me of what you said earlier, where you said, I can't do everything, but I can do something. I can do something. So you, you'd say, start on your knees. Start on my knees. Lord, show me a need. Um, and then just get involved? And you know what I find is so amazing? God many times, or at least most times, uses what we love. I love mm. to cook. I love to do crafts. I love to talk to other people. And he will use what we love to reach out to someone else. And I'm guessing when you do that and someone is ministered to, as you said earlier, some of those people are going to say, I'd like to, I'd like to be a part of this. That's right. In other words, right. the, minister, the ministered to woman says, I want to be involved in, in ministry. That's other very women. true. That's very true. And that's why in 2005, when our world theme was tell the world, women's ministries added touch a heart, tell the world. Because we knew that in order to tell, we first had to touch. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. touch where the pain is and help with that issue. And in doing that, people see Jesus and then they want to know more. And one of, we just got a minute left, but I know End It Now has been a really strong focus. We're going to have a right. whole program on that. But what do you see as women step out boldly in the name of Jesus to minister to other women in the church and community? You know, abuse prevention is very big right now. And that is an area that we take into the community, that we march on the streets, that we go to the malls. It's a social issue, and it's one that the church has something to say about. Well, thank you so much, Heather Dawn, for joining us. What a, thank you. You've inspired me uh, <laughs> to pray for the women who are ministering to other women because that is a unique ministry indeed. And thank you also for joining us. Uh, by the way, we do have an upcoming program on preventing abuse in the church. 
with Heather Dawn Small. I know you'll be blessed by that program too. If you're just watching for the first time, you ought to go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv because we have a tremendous uh, menu of resources, including the one you've heard today on ministering to women in the church and in the community. Ministry in Motion is designed to help you, whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader in your local church, to be a great Christian leader. So Heather Dawn, thanks for being with us thank today. You. And thank you also for being with us. And our prayer is that you take what you've learned and go out and make a difference in Jesus' name. And then as people say, I want to be a part of that, welcome them with open arms and go out and be a blessing to those around you.